0: Welcome back to episode three of Sportsbeat Extra with me, Kevin Galvin. So on a week where the country is tentatively beginning to emerge from the crisis, I wanted to get the perspective of someone who has experienced this awful virus firsthand. Nicky Brennan is a Kilkenny hurling legend, a five-time All-Ireland winner, as well as rising to the top of the administrative tree, acting as GEA president between 2006 and 2009. So no better opinion to get on the current situation Crow Park find themselves in. In a fascinating chat, we talked about Nicky's experience with the virus, how it's affected his opinion on the return of Gaelic Games, and how the disruption is likely to affect capital projects like the upgrade of Welch Park. Hope you enjoy.
1: I got it uh, before uh, before Easter. My wife got it first for three or four days and recovered fairly quickly. Now, it was like a bad flu. Uh, but when I got it then, um, it was uh, the day before Holy Thursday, I knew it was coming and I got uh, terrible stomach pains and the whole thing kind of came on top of me then. Now, I got some medication early on but um, it was really tough going for the for the following uh, best part of you know, two weeks or more. And after that, then, to his recovery. Now, I, I went to um, get tested in, of all places, Nolan Park. I mean, the Ireland <laughs> is that, gawping into Nolan Park, and you'd be you'd be well familiar with the amount of time I would have spent in there over the years. And I uh, went in there on the uh, day after the bank holiday, the Easter bank holiday Monday. And uh, I was fortunate. I got the test result the next day from yes. my doctor. Now, I mean, I know other people were talking about waiting a long long time for their tests because quite honestly we didn't get the test really quickly now in my case I was pretty certain I had it I mean it, it really couldn't have been nothing else at least that's what I felt anyway but people would need to get the test back quickly so that they could uh, do something about it now I know so when you go for a test you're expected to self-isolate which which I wasn't I mean I had been really self-isolating for for uh, for quite some time got the test result and um, I was in poor shape now and for a few days in poor shape and I had to go to hospital. Now, they carried out a lot of tests there and um, felt that I could handle it at home, get me medication. And I suppose it was comforting to know that all my vitals and they'd done a lot of tests came through reasonably okay, even though there were evidence of the virus there. But I went home and I was still in, not in great shape, but it took a, it took maybe another week, I'd say, to... Uh, to start to show some signs of recovery and it's been it's been that way since now and now i'm out and about now and doing a fair bit of walking and that you know but you have to be careful and do things in moderation because it does um, i believe it takes a number of it takes it takes a, takes a number of weeks uh to uh, to sort matters out uh, because um, i have a sister working in germany in a hospital there for many many years and she's working with covid patients and you know the doctors there say it could take a t- 10 to 12 week recovery based on the symptoms. So, look, it's been a tough time, Kevin. But I'm very conscious of the fact that there are people an awful lot worse than me, people who have suffered terrible losses and uh, people who were very ill. And uh, I was fortunate I didn't have to go into uh, the intensive care area, I suppose, and things like that. So I'm very grateful. Bad and all as it was for me. There was a lot of people a lot worse than me.
0: Well, I suppose, uh, nonetheless, Nicky, it's a very scary position to be in, especially when, you know, we, we know so little about the virus and we know that it, you know, I suppose it, it definitely affects people uh, that are uh, that are older than it does people that are younger. So it must have been a very scary experience nonetheless.
1: It was, Kevin. Yeah, it was. It was the most scary experience of my life uh, if I'm truthful about it because you're lying there. Uh, the symptoms I had was I, I didn't have any breathing problems I suppose in, I was told afterwards that I do an awful lot of swimming, and a fair bit of walking as well, but swimming in particular, and that was a big help to me. But um, I could absolutely understand how people, uh, you know, my age and older, I'm mid-sixties now, my age and older um, could really struggle if they, particularly if they had underlying health conditions, it was going to be very, very difficult. So I mean, my heart went out to, to those to those people. Because you were seeing it on the television, you were hearing the reports about nursing homes, and yeah, I know a reasonable fair bit of what's happening in the nursing home scene. My my brother is is is, is big into that side of the business, so I was tacking with him on it as well. <clears throat> and uh, um, so older people, it was it was really really tough on older people. They just were uh, they were uh, they were really up against it, as I say, particularly if they had uh, underlying conditions.
0: I suppose you you said that you know uh, you're you're in a bad area you're 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 struggling just like what was what were the worst symptoms was it was it the breathing because I I know that it's really kind of the respiratory stuff that affects people that people are saying that kind of is affecting them the most was was that the same in your case
1: no it wasn't Kevin I, I I was fine there now even though I'm I'm still hoarse as people can hear from my my speaking um and I and my throat is still a bit a bit wobbly if I could put that term on it um I I don't really have a problem breathing know my biggest issue was a cough I had. It was just um, there was a lot of sweating, a lot of aches and pains, stomach pains. I just couldn't, you couldn't rest. I mean, I went for a week and a half without uh, without any sleep. And uh, the day I went to the hospital, they gave me sleeping tablets, and God, I slept for a couple of hours that night. And it was like it was like heaven. I couldn't lie down. I had to literally stay sitting up all the time. Such was the uh, such was the cough. And um, so that, that that was that was the rough that was the roughest part of it. And I suppose if you're trying to lie down at night or trying to sit up at night. You know the the minutes become hours, and it can seem very long and that. You know, so it was um, it was a, it was a very very difficult period, and, and 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 all of that. You know, and there was times when, you know, you were close enough to uh, ring the the 999 and say, look at somebody needs to come see me, or I need to get in to see you, and whatnot. But I I prevailed, and uh, look, as I said, I was I was lucky enough. Look at I'm mid 60s, I'm fairly fit. I'm as I said, walking and swimming. I do an awful lot of and uh, that was a a big factor. So certainly I don't smoke or I don't drink and all of those little things um, are important and maybe they're not so little at the end of the day but people certainly who are um, smokers, people who are drinkers, people who have other underlying conditions, it's a a tough old battle for them now and my my heart goes out to those that have have, uh, succumbed to the the damn virus and those who are are, are still in hospital trying to uh, overcome it.
0: I suppose Nicky, you're in a uh, I suppose a real, you know, insightful position now about in terms of how this affects um, the GA. Like I mean, you've seen you know as 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 an ex president, you know full well the financial ramifications, the commercial ramifications, um, the you know the the kind of consequences of not playing matches. has this experience that you've had has that kind of changed your position on how you think the game should come back, or how important do you think it is for the game to come back, or would you say you've kind of always felt the same way about it and, and it hasn't changed?
1: Well, no, I'd be very comfortable with the position taken by the GA at national level and John Horton. I mean, John would have, uh, John would have rang me um, over over the period of my illness and that, and I would be very comfortable and supportive of the um, of the manner in which the GA is is handling this. I mean, it is it is a it is a a serious virus, and the, quite rea- the reality of it is is based on current medical guidelines which uh, is being, are being given to the government. I mean, the GA has no choice other than to comply and adhere to those, and I think they'd be comfortable enough with that. I, I, I do think that you know the situation is getting better, so it may very well be that uh, some of the phases that the government have brought in and I know the, the Taoiseach has alluded to that in recent days, perhaps they can be expedited. But I do think, in fairness, there is the big danger of this uh, this second wave of the virus coming, maybe in the autumn or in the winter. And while we will be more knowledgeable about what to do now, as Dr. colum Henry, um, the, the, the Deputy Chief Medical Officer, said, we are more knowledgeable, but at the same time, we have to be very careful if a second brace comes. So from, from that point of view gaelic games no more than other sports are contact sports and they're just not they're just going to be very difficult to see how they can be played at this point in time but the situation is improving i mean if you if you take a club scene which the ga said would come in perhaps before the inter-county scene you know that you don't have the same you don't have medical people attached to clubs by and by, you know to to a huge degree uh, people have to uh, make make their own decisions locally it's going to be very hard to talk about social distancing in in, in a lot of cases we have become a little bit uh, a little bit cavalier towards it in certain ways uh, and it would be very difficult in the j field to to um, to segregate people into the required numbers you can do it in professional sports because i mean they have the resources to put into that but it would be it would be very very difficult Maybe situation will improve. I, I always was saying that you know, come the month of August, I think we probably will have a better picture of whether it's possible uh, to do things differently. But right now, the five-step approach by the government is probably understandable. Right? But in terms of sport, I think they're letting back sports that clearly where they can uh, they can self-isolate people easily enough, and uh, sports like Gaelic games and other sports, I think have to just uh, buy their time until until circumstances get better. But it, of course there's going to be a huge loss for the ga kevin there's no doubt about it but i do think at the end of the day the ga will uh will it, it has the capacity as an organization over a couple of years to to get back to where it was and i think this is one that i think the association has to understand that there's a, the greater good is the health and welfare of the community in the country many of whom are members of the ga and it just has to uh adhere to that at this point in time
0: I suppose we, we saw a survey recently among the players and 20% or 20 uh, over 20% of them uh, at intercounty level said that they wouldn't be comfortable until, until a vaccine was found or until some sort of cure was found for it as somebody who's been through it yourself you've seen how deeply it can impact people to be talking about club games coming back before we even have some sort of a cure do you you think there's a kind of an irresponsibility to that because you know it is exposing it's increasing the, the the potential for people to be exposed to it and older people particularly to be exposed to it
1: I don't, I don't criticise anybody for saying we should get back to start playing games or we should get back to opening our club pitches, and I, I can understand that. I mean, there's a, there's a lot of people in the country feeling that there is a, there, we, we are getting back to a sense of normality with what has happened even as early this week. There's an awful long way to go, but there is a sense. I live on a country road here up through the Midlands here, and the amount of traffic on the road this week has has grown significantly. Um, so things are starting to go back a bit but clearly an awful long way to go the issue I think with, with, with players and those players who said they're, they're maybe nervous about going back or don't want to go back is a couple of things A, some of those players may very well have underlying conditions that are not known to anybody else but to themselves and their families and they may be very, very reluctant to go back because of the impact getting the virus might be on their own health equally they may be living, in an, in, living at home uh, with parents or grandparents who have underlying health conditions, and they don't want to be the people bringing it back home into the house. So you remember the the club players certainly, but the many of the inter-county players now are, are young. They're in their early twenties. They may still be living at home for for reasons of uh, of just maybe not being ill. They're not wage earners. They might be still students. They're living at home at weekends, and they're just nervous about playing sport and potentially bringing a virus back into the house to their parents or uh, grandparents or other members of the family who may have underlying health conditions. So it's very, very understandable that they would have that attitude. As far as the virus is concerned, nobody knows that. I mean, there's been speculation all over the media. We're we're, we're in that phase at the moment, Kevin, where there's an awful lot of things happening in the air. We're opening up the country a bit, but there's a huge amount of questions. And I think the bottom line is that right now, somebody who had the, the virus, we have to be very very careful and make sure we do everything we're being told by the medical experts i think that's the that's the bottom line um, just
0: as a in your own experience um being a being a former president of of the association what do you think i suppose are the association's biggest concerns now or the biggest priorities in terms of i mean obviously safety of, of of players and supporters but um, you know like do you think that, that companies are, are reasonably working alongside the G A? do you think there's going to be pressure on the association to try and provide some sort of competition given the, the commercial contracts that they've signed what's going to be on John Horne's mind over the next couple of of, of months in, ter- in terms of trying to get this back or, or what what will what be the biggest priorities for him
1: well I don't think there's pressure on John I think John made the comment on the um, on the Sunday game two Sundays ago that that one death as a result of the GA playing games or not adhering to the proper protocols as laid out by the government would be one death too many. And I I agree with him on that. But as I said, circumstances are improving by the week, by the month. And if that continues, perhaps in a couple of months, August maybe, uh, they may be able to look at it a bit differently. And they may be able to maybe expedite matters a bit. Uh, But that will be based on whatever the health advice will be from the chief medical officer, and uh, and, his, and his team at, at a particular given point in time. But there won't be pressure coming on. I mean, they, I mean, yes, there are issues around uh, contracts, around sponsorship contracts and about media contracts, but the reality of that is is that payments to the GAA for those contracts, they're not just paid up front at the start of the year. They are staged payments during the course of the year. So the bottom line is if there's no games, I mean, those stage payments will only be payable up to the time there was activity. The GA won't get that revenue and it will, uh, I mean, it's going to cost the GA centrally probably in the order of 20, 25 million and maybe the same around the country. But that's the reality of it. I mean, people are just, the GA is just going to have to cut its cloth to suit um, it's, it's, its available funding for the next uh, next couple of years as it builds up its, uh, its activities and resources again. That's just the reality of it, I'm hearing. I'm seeing, I should say, county chairmen, you know, expressing concern as to their ability to continue to fund teams. And, and that's that's the reality of what's going to emerge out of all of this. And clubs will be in the same boat. But everyone will just have to cut their cloth suit, hoping there may be something coming by way of um, exchequer funding maybe to help the association. But I think now is not the time to be talking about things like that. That's for, um, that's, that's for a later discussion i'm sure that the J authorities will have with uh... with government talked about places like parker keep that have a, a debt hanging over them i mean that simply will something will have to be managed in conjunction with the financial institutions you also know that there are many capital projects uh... in the pipeline where you're down yourself there in walsh park mm. new bridges is, is also on the cards Navin is on the cards the biggest of them all is um... caseman park in belfast i mean clearly those capital projects cannot go ahead at the pace at which it was originally planned because the funding is just not going to be there from uh, the GA to support it and and all of those projects are entitled to expect funding from central coffers in the GA which they would have been getting Government are going to have to probably rethink the funding as well not so much that they won't give the funding but the timeline in which that funding is available so there's a lot of things about how the GA and other sports are going to be running their business is going to have to be rethought and it could be probably prudent at maybe at this stage if, if, if so, uh, sporting associations in general were thinking about what life is going to be like post this pandemic, whenever that turns out because life will be, it will be different for us all as individuals but it will equally be different for uh, sporting organisations who clearly have to rethink, certainly over the next uh, three to four years anyway how they're going to bring back some sense of normality. Now it may not be normality as, they, as we would have known it ten weeks ago But it will be a different type of normal, and that's going to apply to sporting organisations as much as it will to our own lives, day-to-day lives.
0: Uh, I suppose finally Nicky um, just like I know that there's been a lot of like, I suppose essentially the, 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 the question is how, how are you finding um life without uh, GA like I mean I know there's so many people in, in, on all kinds of sports and all kinds of activities that you know they're, they're, the life is, is real kind of you know you see club people and they're out in the club seven days a week their, their life revolves around um, Gaelic games. Like, how are you finding kind of not having it there? Is it? Is it? Are you finding it difficult, or or is it? Uh, is it all right? Is the is the old retro stuff keeping it going? I know. Um, they showed the two thousand nine final of Kilkenny beating Tipperary. Um, last week that might have been something to to keep you going for a while.
1: Well, look, Kevin. I suppose uh, when I was not feeling well, I suppose sport was the last thing on my mind. I, to be honest about it, I'm watching television or uh, whatever. Uh, radio, I'm into a fair bit, as you know, because of my involvement with community radio. I haven't been involved in the community radio station since the end of March, but I'd hope to be back by the middle of June. Uh, look, at it, thing, life is surreal around the place at the moment. You, you, you pass by now when I there's a place I go for a walk in a local wooded area, and I pass by my local uh, G A field, and I see the place locked up. I see the the pitch uh, and the main pitch and the juvenile field in absolute pristine condition. I see the same with other pitches in the place and it just looks so surreal you have uh, you have the sport on national radio and local radio and you don't hear about the games that should be played in it's just it's it's something that you know it's going to be very difficult to um, explain in years to come you know when people are not around today will be told about how 2020 was a was just a, a pen through the year a line through the year and nothing actually happened from a ga point of view part of the earlier few weeks it's going to be difficult to explain to those coming after us but the reality of it is that's the way life is we have to i think people are conforming i mean yes we're we're hugely missing sport and uh, the retro games are good to keep us uh, keep us in that space there and sunday game is good that it's back in some format or other um but hopefully you know nothing is going to happen until until we're clear that you know the country is going to be safe and uh, i'd be fairly hopeful that, that there will be something by the end of the year uh, and that will be great. But if the if the medical advice is that it's not safe, well then, you know, there will be a line pulled through the whole of twenty twenty and we'll have to hopefully look to twenty twenty one and and that right now we can't be certain, you know, which is gonna happen in twenty twenty one either. But look, wearing the um the that last half hole syndrome is that be hopeful that between uh, a vaccine being found and between uh, other things happening in the country and the country opening up that life will life will get back will get back to normal because you know, people want to get back to normal and while nobody wants to see more deaths i think there is an expectation that we we at some stage have to try and go back and get the country back on its feet again leave out sport schools have to get back and various other types of all the activities that we're all used to on a day-to-day basis will need will need to come back and we just need to make sure that in doing so we're not just going to open a, 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 a phase two of this that, that could even be worse than phase one. and That would be the last thing I think anybody would want.